Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All groups of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Hello and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents. This Saturday, the 22nd of August. My might has the year flown. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow. And uh, good morning or good day or good night to whoever and wherever you're uh, listening to us. And it's great to be back once again. We are recording this on a Friday and broadcasting it on a Saturday. But Pierre, I do want to breach your privacy just a little bit and let the listeners know that in the last week you celebrated a birthday. Happy birthday, Pierre. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Giselle. And of course, uh, being uh, in uh, stage four um, lockdown here in uh, Melbourne, Victoria, it was just a, a very uh, select uh, few, very select that I could uh, have a cake and a glass with. But that is fine. Totally fine. All good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, coming up in the second part of today's program, we'll be speaking with Saras, who is the secretary of the Hospital Cleaning Workers Union in Malaysia, actually in a district of Malaysia called Ipoh. Um, and those workers are in dispute with the uh, state government who has privatised cleaning services for hospitals. And naturally, in this COVID pandemic, there are quite a few demands that those workers have around PPE, um, around pay, around uh, the conditions that they're working in. So we're going to learn a little bit more about how those hospital cleaning workers are fighting for safety at the moment. And um, before we get to the mini news, of course, you're listening to uh, um, 3CR Radio, your favourite community radio station in Melbourne. And APC is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links, Giselle, and those contact details. I feel like you often throw to me for the contact details. Is it because you don't know the contact details, Pierre? <laughs> but if you do want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web, all the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter. So look us up on those social media platforms and we continue to post news and information about labour movement struggles across the Asia-Pacific region. We will go to news from around the region now. And Pierre, why don't you kick us off in Iraq? That's right. But I just want to say, you just do it better than me, Giselle. That's all. That's why. So in terms of the mean news stories, actually, we've got a pretty bad bunch this uh, week, I'm afraid. We go to Iraq, where the repression against Iraqi activists is increasing. Three days ago, Riham Yaqub, a female doctor who led anti-government protests, became the third person in a week to be assassinated by an unidentified gunman in the southern Iraqi city of Basra. The last few weeks have seen an increase in the targeting of anti-government protesters, with many others managing to survive similar assassination attempts. Now, since October of last year, while close to 600 demonstrators have died from state violence, activists estimate that around um, a third of these deaths were actually targeted assassinations, 
by paramilitary forces. It is quite clear that there is now a renewed effort by militias and government security agencies to take revenge on activists and spread terror in Iraq. And there is another activist who's been murdered in the Philippines. Last week, we reported on the murder of longtime peasant and peace activist, Randall Ichanis. And unfortunately, today, we have to report on another murder by Filipino death squads. Zara Alvarez, a 39-year-old health worker and human rights activist, was gunned down in the evening of Monday the 17th of August by unidentified gunmen on a motorbike as she was walking along the streets of Bacolod City on the island of Negros. Zara's been arrested uh, on trumped up charges in 2012 and she was only released in 2014 when the charges were dropped. She'd been recently red tagged with posters appearing on the streets of towns in Negros alleging her to be an important member of the Communist Party of the Philippines. Well, on the 20th of July, her office received a call stating that she was going to be the next target. Her death brings to 87 the number of farmers, workers and activists who have died in extrajudicial killings in the island of Negros in the last three years. Quite uh, horrific, that. Uh, that news. Uh, well, unfortunately, we now go to Iran, where we recently received news that early this month, on the 5th of August, Mustafa Salehi, a 30-year-old construction worker, was execu executed after he had participated in the mass protest in January 2018 against poverty and corruption in Iran. And as people might remember, there were mass protests and um, estimates between two to 300 of demonstrators were killed then. Uh, in another labor dispute, the houses of two labor leaders, Mohammed Khanifa and Yusuf Bahamani, were attacked and damaged by unknown assailants. Both of these workers are from the Half Tapa Sugar Company, where around uh, 5,000 workers have been on strike for over two months. The half tupper workers are fighting for their unpaid wages against privatization and the return of the company to the public sector under the collective control of workers. And demonstrations continue in Thailand amid increasing arrests. Last Sunday, tens of thousands of anti-government activists staged the biggest rally in the last six years when they congregated around the Democracy Monument in Bangkok. The main demands are the resignation of the military-backed government, an end to the harassment of its critics, a new constitution and fresh national elections. This rally was a culmination of an ever-growing movement with daily protests being recorded all around Thailand over the last couple of months. The government has been steadily increasing the pressure against the protesters with threats of fines, investigations and arrests of key activists. By the end of this week, police had arrested nine activists with rumours that they have a list of 20 more activists to arrest. The arrested demonstrators have been charged with a number of offences, including sedition, and could face prison sentences of up to seven years. We now go um, nearby to Indonesia, where for over two months, scores of workers have been manning a picket line in front of the PT Tanjung Ganim Lestari Pulp and Paper, uh, known as PTTEL, in Lampung province in southern Sumatra. The workers, members of the Federation of Indonesian Pulp and Workers Union, 
F2P2KI have been taking action in support of the 38 members whose work contracts were discontinued when the company began a new, uh, to use a new labour hire company. Union members saw this as a tactic to get rid of workers and increase fear among the workforce. On the morning of the 8th of August, 50 members of the FSP2KI union were brutally attacked by a contingent of police officers. The women union members in this uh, contingent of workers on the picket line were also sexually harassed by the police. Um, the, this uh, particular dispute is continuing. Now, while this has happened at a national level, the government has introduced a so-called omnibus bill on job creation, which, according to unions, will increase the power of businesses while reducing wages, removing entitlements and eroding workers' rights. And I think um, most people around the world would know how these are introduced to, I think, increase flexibility and efficiency, I think the key words are. Well, we're all fighting on those fronts right across the world. I think that governments everywhere are trying to uh, destroy any uh, worker rights because of the recession and because it's necessary to keep making profits in this period. Our uh, last story comes from Turkey where more workers have been targeted Manufacturing workers in Turkey have a proud history of organising and taking industrial action against both the employers and the state. Unfortunately, in the last few weeks, hundreds of workers employed at various companies have been fired for joining a union. In Turkey, the law states that if a union recruits a simple majority of any workplace, it can apply to the Labor Ministry for automatic certification as a collective bargaining partner. The recent sackings are being seen as a tactic by companies to reduce union density so they don't have to recognise a union at their workplace. While this tactic is clearly illegal, any legal recourse by workers can take years, effectively undermining any industrial action. At some factories, workers have now set up pickets. Um, just uh, solidarity to those workers in Turkey, it sounds like it's going to be a hard fight in a very, very hard period. But that does bring us to the end of news from around the region this morning. We're going to go to some community announcements and then our feature interview for the day. Fitzroy Legal Service has launched a free information and advice phone service for people who have been stopped, questioned, fined or charged for breaching the new COVID-19 restrictions. Have you been fined or charged under the new laws? or stopped and questioned by police for being outside. Call 0434 136 501. Weekdays between 9am and 5pm. That's 0434 136 501. Or head to fitzroy-legal.org.au for more information. You can also report incidents at covidpolicing.org.au. Fitzroy Legal Service is a 3CR supporter. An important message from the Victorian Government about coronavirus. To manage coronavirus and save lives, immediate action is required. This means if you can stay home, you must stay home. Yes, it's a major disruption to your lives, but this disruption today will save the lives of many Victorians tomorrow. If you think you may have coronavirus, call the government's hotline on 1800 675 398 or visit coronavirus.vic.gov.au. 
Victorian Government, managing this together. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. 855am. And you're listening to Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents with Pierre and Giselle. We're going to go to our feature story for the morning, which is Saras, the Secretary of the Hospital Workers Union, uh, sorry, the Hospital Cleaning Workers Union in the district of Ipoh in Malaysia. And she's talking about their current industrial action. I'm Saraswati Mutu from Malaysia. And uh, I'm an executive secretary of National Union of Workers in Hospitals Support and Allied Services. Thank yeah. you. So in June this year, unionised hospital cleaners were arrested for carrying out peaceful protests against their union-busting employer at Ipoh Hospital. Can you explain to us what the workers were protesting about and what the circumstances of their arrest was? Uh, it's purely uh, union-busting. Uh, the new company by the name Agenda UEMS uh, supposed to take they didn't notify the uh, the former uh, company subcontractor or the union about their taking over in January. So since since July 2019, they went into all the hospitals, 33 hospitals where they have contract in Perak, Penang, and Penang, Tada, and Perlis. So they went in and they uh, each hospital. There are 33 hospitals. They went in each hospital and they, are, they were uh, harassing the workers. We are going to take over. There's no, there won't be a union anymore. If anybody found in union, they won't be taken uh, into our new contract. So this was going on until June, uh, where in Ipo Hospital, one uh, ex-co by the name Rosni was uh, harassed very badly because being an executive committee of the union, she has to uh, move around, uh, collect the subscription and the, meet the workers and update what is, uh, what is happening in the union. So the uh, chief supervisor told her not to go, asked her to stay in, inside a working place. And then she told other supervisors if she goes there during lunchtime, free time, they asked to take photograph and send it. So they created a lot of uh, uh, what they call uh, uh, mental torture. And uh, finally, one day uh, in June, her locker was broken. So that created a lot of, um, uh, what do you call, uh, hesitation, I mean, uh, mind, mental hesitation, mental disturbance. So she told me, call me, Sarah, I cannot work. Uh, I feel like committing suicide. So immediately, I told her, go to a psychologist, okay, for treatment. You don't do anything. Get out and go to a psychiatric a psychologist treatment. And she went. Then we wrote about this incident from January, uh, from July. The UEMS uh, entering and giving a lot of harassment to the workers. So they didn't bother. They don't want to call us. They don't want to uh, meet meet us. So that that after she say told me that she mentally stressed and then she wanted to commit suicide. So we went had uh, went ahead to to the picket uh, during the MCO. We had uh, workers at the protest. Yeah, so purely union busting. 
And the anti-union company has engaged in some pretty horrendous practices over a long period of time, ever since you've been organising in these hospitals. Um, they've engaged in intimidation, discrimination. You talked a lot about some of the things that they did. Can you tell us about some of their tactics, some of their overall tactics to bust the union in those hospitals? Okay, these hospitals, uh, they, they, were, they are government hospitals. The, our members are from the government hospital, but the, the government health ministry has contracted out to a contractor, main contractor by the name Agenda UEMS, uh, no, Agenda Mediserv, which is holding the contract from 2015 in these three states, Para, Penang, Kadapan is four states. So they, so the moment uh, we enter, we took over this dormant union for dormant for 20 years. This was formed in 1997. Dormant in 2016, we took over and we went to organize. Since then, a lot of harassment. They know union already coming in. Then they how they do that. Directly they go, their supervisors, they meet, they see the worker. Because they're under the supervision of they are supervisors every day. So they say there's no union. You, know, you cannot involve in union. Union is bad. So this is happening since 2016. But 2019, the new company is a GLC company, government linked company, took is about to take over. They never informed the union, never informed the former management subcontractor. So they went in and they're aggressively campaigning. They, what they did, they took over the supervisors under Agenda UMS and they were harassing the workers, their regional manager. They came into all the hospitals, they say there's no union. Union, once we took, take over, the union automatically uh, will be cancelled. And then if anybody in the union, uh, we don't want third party to engage with us. We want to directly involve with our own workers, your, uh, my staff. So this is what how they are. They're going around and their perks, they say, if you join the union, if you are in the union, we will not give you all the perks, like, uh, you know, the presents, yearly present they give, and so on. So very direct, very direct. But our Industrial Relations Act very clearly says, Section 4 and 5, the management cannot intimidate the workers, cannot stop them from joining the union. Very clear. But then... The, uh, but the management went on and we made more than 25 uh, complaints to Industrial Relations Department in Putrajaya, head, head office. Till today, no action. They have referred the cases to the court. So due to COVID, the cases are going to come in 2021. So, so almost we, we, we complained in November, but the cases are coming in uh, January 2021, which means there's no uh, case law. There's no, uh, no uh, what do you call, we were a union unable to fight in the court for a victory. So the union busting, they just directly, what they do, they, they harass their workers. And then secondly, they, after the picket, they went to all the hospitals, they come out with, uh, what do you call that, a person-to-person -person contact. So they had, um, KK, uh, the card, they were card system. Any issue, the worker can directly communicate 
So that issue, HQ Intel, they were, they said they will resolve the issue. But then no worker wanted to contact because they have to tell their name, their IC, their working place, and they would put up the complaint. So nobody wanted to, but then they come they, they again and again they say they cannot, cannot the workers cannot go to third party, they only have to communicate with them. Hospital cleaners are among some of the most important workers during this COVID pandemic and still amongst the most precarious workers. Are they being provided, even though there is this ongoing union busting matter, um, are they being provided with adequate PPE and other safety protections? Or is this precisely what the union busting efforts are trying to prevent? Yeah. During uh, this COVID pandemic, since uh, March, our government locked down, uh, completely locked down in March, uh, March 18. Since then, the union officials were unable to meet up with the workers. Okay, we had we, we complained about PPE because the workers from various hospitals complained there's not much uh, PPE protection is given. So we complained, complained, and now they say. Uh, they, every day they give two masks. If they need more, they can can ask, which they shouldn't. They must give adequate. Okay? Then uh, we were unable to meet up the workers. So this is the time they're supposed to uh, to protect the workers and uh, and uh, take them as a part of this, uh, uh, you know, uh, huge uh, uh, what uh, worker, workers force to fight against the COVID pandemic. But they are oppressing, like they are transferring union leaders to one hospital to another hospital, and then they were they was they were you know reducing they're extending the working hour shift usually shift work is from seven to four, seven a.m. to three p.m. Three second shift will be three p.m. to eleven p.m. and third shift will be eleven p.m. to seven a.m. But here during this pandemic. They are really forcing the workers to work one hour extra. That is seven to four, four to eleven. Uh, no, no, two to eleven, and ten to seven. So they are extending one hour extra. So which is against the law. And union has complained, but nothing. The union has been calling for dialogue. They say no. You go for recognition claim. But then it's a national union. We have already got the recognition claim, and our C. We have we have CA first CA. And, and also now we send the second CA. We already sent the second CA, a collective agreement, but the company completely denied, say they are not the party, they don't want to negotiate with the workers, with the union. So during this period, our workers are the union membership has dropped very badly, harassment is going on, and the public holiday, 50, they were enjoying for the past 30 years, 15 days public holiday has reduced to 11 days. So this is another uh, what pandemic, I would say. So during COVID, workers should be treated well. They have to be protected. The management must protect the workers in, in, the, in the name of benefit, benefits, but then they're taking away the benefits, adding on the stress and fear in them, which is causing a lot of, lots of uh, in uneasiness, so which may erupt industrial action. So this is what happening. Well, you mentioned that there were five people arrested in June 
uh, you were one of them. Uh, so we know that you have been released, but what is the legal status of all five and have all five arrestees been released? I think uh, we, we, we have been charged a thousand uh, ringgit Malaysia. Uh, we were bailed up, okay, each five of, the, five of us, each one, each thousand ringgit. So now, uh, 28 August, uh, case, case management is coming up, case management. That means the DGAG, though uh, a lot of uh, NGOs have stressed for dropping the cases, but not, they are, they are continuing with that. And then 28, 8, uh, 28 August is case management. Then they will fix the hearing date. So the, the police are not dropping the charges at all. Even though there were there is uh, multiple uh, forces, I mean, uh, what do you call uh, uh, pressure from all the NGOs, include the Amnesty International and also Suhakam. So they are not uh, bothered about it. Yes. So we are preparing to fight the case. <laughs> but very funny is all five, all there were thirteen of us. We all of us strictly follow SOP. We wear the mask. We were distanced ourselves. We put the cross on the floor, and uh, we were having uh, what uh, attendant list, and we we're checking the temperature. So everything was there. When the when the police asked for another four days remand, our lawyers show all the particulars. Then the magistrate say no, no, no to remand, and they, she immediately released us. But the the case still pending. Then yesterday we had a meeting with all the NGOs, you know, so they say they will keep on pressure the AG to drop the cases. Our demand at the moment uh, for this cleanness is the union is putting up two demands. So one is uh, recognize these workers as frontliners. This is the campaign if they are going to take up. Secondly, absorb them into government because they were former government workers. Only Mahadev's privatization policy. In 1996, these sectors were privatized. And then they have, they have given contract, uh, contract to concession companies. And they're very, very vulnerable to this contract system, okay? So the two, uh, uh, two campaign, not one campaign with two, two demand, recognize the frontliner, uh, the cleaners as frontliners, and secondly, absorb them into, uh, government should absorb them back. Well, thank you, Sarah, so, so much for your time today and for sharing all of what's happening in your industry and across the working class more broadly in Malaysia. Is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I think uh, union busting, no to union busting, because as well this hospital union has formed in 97, almost 26 years. So we want the international organisation to come out with statement and pressure the government of Malaysia, government of Malaysia, government of today to, to pressure them to, to stop union busting. This, this is what we wanted the, all the union uh, across the uh, board to support us that uh, stop union busting. Secondly, absorb them, uh, recognize these workers as frontliners. And thirdly, absorb them into government because this is blatant we can see is bonded slavery is going on in the name of contract system. So international unions, international unions, uh, unions and international organizations must support uh, the, the, the union and then uh, 
give pressure to the government. And you are listening to an interview with Saras about the Hospital Cleaning Workers Union in Ipoh, about their current uh, COVID-related industrial action in that hospital, the, the district hospitals in Ipoh. And that's it for another Asia-Pacific Currents. Uh, Pierre. Well, thanks uh, a lot. It's, uh, it's unfortunately, um, sometimes the stories are a bit sad, but it does also show the pressures that we are facing and that we are struggling hard all around the world. So uh, a goodbye uh, from me, Pierre Morrow. We'll be back next week on the same channel, 3CR Radio, Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you by Australia Asia Workerlink. So it's goodbye from me. Yes, and goodbye for me, but just before we go, I do want to say a big thank you to 3CR staff for helping us get our show to air every Saturday during lockdown. It's been six months um, since we've all been toiling in our homes to produce these radio shows and the staff who are getting them, um, who are downloading them and scheduling them and getting them on air for you. So thank you to 3CR staff.